and welcome to Write Sweats, the podcast for fun fiction, friend fiction, and especially this month, fan fiction. My name is Jen, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jesse and Leah. What's up? All right, you guys. So (laughs) this week, we're talking about my favorite favorite subject ever, maybe. Uh, We're going to talk about smutty fan fiction. Yes. I can't wait. So um, this is... Uh, probably the largest portion of fan fiction, or at the very least, the most famous or infamous, however you want to look at it. Uh, it can be both. <laughs> honestly, it's both, yeah. Yeah, what about you? What's been your experience with smut fan fiction? Well, before we get into that, maybe we should explain what we mean by smut fan fiction. It sounds obvious, but you know, why would we be talking about dirty stories for an entire episode if it wasn't something uh, more Meaningful. than just that? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So we touched on last week that a lot of fan fiction ends up being wish fulfillment, something that you wanted to see happen in your television show, movie, etc. And it didn't happen. And probably the most common thing is people want certain characters to get together. And then with an extension of that, they want them to sleep together. It's that way of of sort of writing your own porn. You don't have to worry about uh, who's in it because you've picked the perfect characters. You think they're already compatible. They look good together. A lot of the times, if they're actors, you have a mental image of what they look like. And as a writer of it, you can make them do whatever you want. And as a reader of it, you can find someone who has written them doing whatever you want in it. Yeah, we were. I was looking up things kind of to prepare for this episode. And I know it's always what people say about the internet, but there truly was smut for anything what were some of the the standouts that you found there was a bunch for like uh adam conover and adam ruins everything which is a pretty like a lot of wait, dirty wait. uh cake boss wait what found cake couple, boss? yeah i found a couple cake bosses you found some cake boss crossovers too case bot over the crossover i can't remember now but it was something very silly there was a uh, cake boss and one direction one direction that's right yeah he was cooking for the group Oh but I always God. like there's always that joke, you know, where it's you know that joke with that that sort of rule rule, rule thirty four of the internet, whatever that, mm-hmm. and it really is true. And I, I always wonder, you know, are people actually writing these, or they just get created by a, a ghost in the machine? And I don't know. Still, you guys got to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, not just someone is writing this. There are so many people writing this. It's such a huge and easily accessible part of fan fiction. I think sometimes even before you can find a fan fiction of, you know, two characters you like going to the mall, you can find a picture, you can find a picture, you can find a picture <laughs> or a story of two characters you like having sex with each other uh-huh. or in some sort of sexually compromising position. Yeah. So Jen asked what my experience was with fan fiction, with smutty fan fiction is. And I truly think if I think back on it, my like the first smut I ever read was had to have been fan fiction. I can't think of what I might have come across other than maybe like one or two scenes in a book, but like a story that is, you know, strictly for sex and relationships. I think the first thing of like that I ever read was fan fiction. Do you remember what fan fiction was? I don't. My my money's on Sailor Moon. Oh, okay. Let me um but I don't remember. And even to this day, it's a lot of the times it's a way of um of reading smut for myself that I prefer because I don't have to get caught up in the, the personality of whatever, like just a general erotica writer is trying to say. Yeah. I can 
skip through their story. I understand the beats of the character if they're writing it well. You know, I can and I can just get to some to some good old fashioned dicking down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't oh know God. how to put that in. I'm sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to all of our families listening this week. <laughs> I mean that that was my kind of first experiences with it. And it's it is something I enjoy. And especially with certain things that I, I read and watch and consume, there isn't ever going to be sex in it. And so it's that forbidden fruit where it can never happen in a real way. So well, yeah. it's only going to live in this sort of... You can never get past Yeah, the, it's only like, going to live in this. Right. And, like, I'm never going to get to see what it would be like. Like, ratings aside, you know, if it's animated, it'd take a lot of money and energy to animate something that most people can't watch. Uh, for books, if it has nothing to do with the plot or if it's something... If it's a headcanon of mine... No one's going to write it for this niche thing that only I care about. A lot of it is really niche as well. Um, and so there's not going to be like the money or like production value for any of these like niche weird things that people end up becoming obsessed with. And I do think that there's, I think it's the idea of smut fan fiction is not niche, but I think that the, uh, a lot of times the things that are written about are niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like you can find you know you can find pairings of you know the major characters on a television show, but if it's a show, we'll take Supernatural because we talked about that uh-huh. last week. You know, you can find a ton of Supernatural fan fiction, but you may not find one that had um, that one weird demon chick from season two. Oh yeah, with both of the Winchester brothers deciding to have their way with her at the same time. You know. That's something where you definitely have to go to the internet to yeah. find if that's well, your fancy. And I noticed definitely on like AO3 too, where it seems they're really like proud of their tagging system. There was a lot of stuff too that was just like a lot of sexual preferences or, or activities too that were so out there. So not out there, sorry, but that were so represented. So a lot of them were tagged, you know, BDSM. A lot of them were tagged, you know, knife play. A lot of them were tagged things that like maybe you don't want to fall down whatever cornhole that is because that's <laughs> not a very you know that's a very unsure thing to look up but when you look up you know yoshi and shy guy <laughs> you kind of know what you're getting you know you don't have to be so afraid that you're all of a sudden you're going to be for lack of a better word triggered by some sort of situation that's by disgusting people for disgusting people you know well do you think that it that it's in that way or do you think that it's a me as a hypothetical person is into choking so why would I not want to see the characters in my smut writing choking each other? Yeah, oh, I understand. Yeah, you know, it doesn't always have to be the safe way to do it, but it could be that intersection of I like column A and I like yeah. column B. So why don't I have column A B? Yeah, and it certainly doesn't have the, and it certainly does, but also doesn't have the sort of tongue-in-cheek unseriousness that a porn parody will. You know, that doesn't give you the same thing that it seems like a smut fan fiction might. Not always. There are de- I've definitely read, and I can't think of any off the top of my head, smut fan fiction that is lighter in tone. Yeah, no, but I it know. does sort of take the um, instead of being like a straight porn parody of "Isn't it funny that we we dress these people up like characters and now they're fucking each other?" Uh-huh. You know, it seems to take the angle of it's making fun of the original property. Yeah, and introducing sex in a way that's either subversive or just funny. 
So it's not always... It's sometimes lighter, I think, than porn parodies. Yeah, that would make sense. Except maybe of those porn parodies where they paint a lady yellow so she could be Marge Simpson. Oh, yeah. The Simpson ones are bonkers. I don't know why you need to do that, but... To each their own. <laughs> what is your experience with the gen? I know you've written it. <laughs> Thanks, I've been <laughs> exposed. No, I, I said that last week. Um, yeah, I wrote a lot of it when I was younger, especially. I wrote a lot of it. Um, for me, though, it wasn't like, oh, man... Like, I need porn so bad. I need, like, you know, like any of that. It was, it's more like the, for me, it's the story element. It's the way that sex is approached in a fan fiction that's so different from anywhere else, including like mainstream media, including actual porn, because there's like an emotional story thread that is typically like told through the way people have sex, the way they build up through sex, and like the actual like romantic elements to it that are in real life true and they're actually like written about in these like fan fictions and for me like that's what is that's what draws me to it and so i don't know that's actually why things like pwp we mentioned last week porn without plot yeah like that's why there needs to be a distinction that's why they need to actually say that it's pwp because otherwise it's assumed that any kind of sex that happens in a fan fiction is developing the characters in the story and like, even if it's just, like, really minor development in the sense that, oh, yeah, they finally reached the, like, climax and they're happy. I didn't mean that literally, but also literally. Uh, like, that can be, like, an actual story. Well, and now that you say that, it kind of reminds me. When I first started reading smutty fan fiction or even just fan fiction with sex in it, that was the first place I came across any kind of queer sexuality oh, that yeah. wasn't purely for the male gaze. Um, oh that's I, a big difference too yeah yeah so i was never a big reader of any kind of yaoi or you know male on male stuff it just never uh intrigued me but my favorite my my otp for sailor moon is uranus and neptune that's not a controversial claim whatsoever no that's canon it's it, literally it canon. is canon oh, yeah, yeah but no, not in the american version so a lot of american viewers when we we're kids we didn't know that so not anymore now with crystal it is canon and with a lot of the um, redubbing and uh, re-releasing of the original, they've taken out Cousins, which has been nice. Ooh. Oh, that's right. You explained that to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that they redid it. That makes me happy. Well, Sailor Moon Crystal was a complete redoing of the... Never mind. We'll talk about this later. I, I, yeah, I remember when that came out, though. Yeah. yeah. So the neat thing about, about this these characters is when the original anime was being aired in America... They were, they called themselves cousins in the anime, which was not true. And then even within the context of the anime, uh, Uranus and Neptune are in really a season and a half, the half season that they're in for five, they die about halfway through it. And they are very minor characters. And it was a season that was not shown in America for a long time. And to find any more about these characters other than the very little that was presented to you as you know they were so supposed to be like older and mysterious um you had to go to fan fiction and that was the first sort of queer sex that i came across ever was through these characters which was eye-opening because you know when you're in middle school and all the boys around you are starting to discover porn you know lesbian sex is held on this like high pedestal of being something like super hot and super unattainable but lesbian sex in porn for straight men is not what queer sex is. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's actually really important because that's a really um, 
I think the most popular type of smut fan fiction is queer sex uh, between men and between women being the two most common. And, um, and I do think that's interesting that sex that is portrayed in porn for the male gaze is treated very differently in fan fiction and is typically for the female gaze like most of the time or the queer gaze, I guess, whatever that would, that sounds weird to say, but you know what I mean? It's for a queer audience. And I think there's also a little bit of a difference because we're talking mostly about written fan fiction. We're not talking about any kind of like fan art, you know, fan movies or anything yeah. like that. I think there's a distinct softening when you get to a written smut than any sort of like visual representation. Yeah. Now that leads to its own problems because across the board, not all fan fiction smut is the same in writing quality wise. And the understanding of anatomy in smut writers is all over the place. Right. Um, and that's because, um, well, you have people who could be any age writing these and uh, that creates some alarming dilemmas. Well, any age and truly any gender. I think there's a lot of, um, and I don't have any stats for this, but I do know there are a lot of women that write gay male sex. That is like, I'm pretty sure it's got to be the most common because. It's yeah. Just, like, and you're it's just, just, there's it's, an overwhelming amount of it. Yeah. You're dealing with, with parts that you don't have. Yeah. And it tends to be a lot of, yeah, straight cis women writing about gay cis men. Right. So you have women. Or other straight cis women. To have like a penis and they like, <laughs> you know, it's like you eventually learn these things but when you're really young there's some ignorance <laughs> like uh i mean i will say there's some ignorance even at 30 <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> you know i've learned things <laughs> there's always something to be learning but i think that's that's an interesting thing that comes out about it so i know desi has kind of a strange relationship with smut fan fiction. strange in the sense that it's normal no <laughs> i would say strange in the sense that you have probably read more smut fanfiction than regular fanfiction, but you read a lot of intentionally comedic, meme-oriented, comedy-oriented smut fanfiction. I wouldn't say I read also a lot. Like parodies or... Yeah. I wouldn't say... You read, yeah, you don't read a lot. I read but... a lot, but yeah, anything that trickles down to me is something that somebody's already seen and says, oh, this is bad. This is outrageous. Like the B movie sex scene, where like there's a there's, B movie fan fiction. There's that one. There was that really popular one a few years ago about uh, the Gravity Falls one. Did you know that one? It was Dipper goes to Taco Bell, and it was like <laughs> really. It was almost. It was like the Aristocrats. It was like just the dirtiest thing you could think of, and it was just like Dipper going to. Oh, there was. A, I've I've never heard of that one, but that makes me remember vividly a very infamous. Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy fan fiction. I think I've even heard involved of that one. coffee. Yeah, I, Jesse, uh -huh. I'm pretty sure you and I. This was one of those meme ones that we shared with each other. It was yeah. like literally drinking coffee. I'm so sorry, mom and dad. Drink coffee <laughs> out of an anus, like like it was nonsense. <laughs> so that's probably that. At a certain point in my 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 young years, I switched from having an interest in smut fiction for my own gratification. And developed for a long time just an obsession with that smut. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I brought to share is a throwback to a live journal community that I used to be a big follower of. Um, we talked last week about places that we used to get fan fiction, and a big one for me was Live Journal. 
um, I had my personal life journal where I would vague blog, vague journal about all of my friends and all of the really emo Linkin Park lyrics that I was uh, into at the time. But then I would also have ones where I would either read or um, or write my own fan fictions on, and those had to be private and only my writer friends could see them and that sort of thing. So I followed a community called Weeping Cock. And- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> already good yeah so weeping yeah oh it's (laughs) it's full on so it came from a naruto fan fiction the name came from a naruto fan fiction and i pulled up the um the 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 excerpt that it's from and i'm gonna try to read this without laughing too hard i may make it through this one but the one i have later is is not gonna it's gonna kill me um Kashi growled at the feel of Naruto's needy hands clenching his unrestrained hair. The erotic kneading of his scalp just made him suckle the little nubs harder as his hands wandered down, grazing over taut muscles to release the black trousers that contoured so sleekly to the blonde's ass. He felt his fingers curl over the waistband of Naruto's trousers and undid the fastenings before pulling the soft material down his toned eyes. He was surprised by the sudden feel of Naruto's weeping member pressed up against his chest. If weeping members, if weeping members and weeping cogs don't turn you on, we can't be friends anymore, guys. I'm so upset. (laughs) What? Yeah, I mean, I think you need to see a doctor. Like, (laughs) and so a lot of this community was posting various, uh, various fan fictions, stuff from Literatica, and the occasional actual published novel. Where? Oh, that was just bad. That was just bad. Where the anatomy didn't make sense, where the um whatever similes or metaphors they were using for sex just didn't work. Yeah. Right. Like the language was just like the an immediate turn off. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Where's one? There was I have one right here. Well then so they were they were, at least as far as you guys knew in this community, they were genuine ones that were just bad. Or there were yes. some that were also bad because somebody made them bad. Now, I never saw a, uh, at least the ones that we saw, a lot of them were from like Literatica or FFNet. So the assumption was that they were genuine. Yeah. You know, the, the kinds of like misspellings, typos, and those sort of things seemed accidental more than intentional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's one that I pulled up just trying to find a couple. Here was one of uh, Frozen. It's not one of the ones where like Elsa gives birth, is it? Those are really like popular. Yeah, this was not one of those. What? I'm upset. There's like a phone app where like you were supposed to help Elsa give birth. It's like, I don't know what the deal with it is. That's awful. I don't awful. know if it's an app store anymore, but it used to be. So, and this was just about like, they kind of pulled excerpts from just questionable sexual similes. So upon seeing Kristoff's erection, reminding her of nothing so much as the huge pork sausages the royal chefs made for breakfast that morning. That kind of though seems like something like Anna would think. Oh, that was Elsa. Oh, then it's out of character. Yeah, if it was Anna, I would have bought it. <laughs> Let's see. And then the one that I found that probably had to be my absolute favorite. There is you can still find it on fanfiction.net. I found it right now and I'm so excited about this. I was giggling over across the room and Jesse wanted to know what I was giggling about and he now gets to hear my favorite post from Weekly Cock I actually just found. It's a Naruto fan fiction. It's on FFNet. It's called Touch of a Lonely Heart. <laughs> and it is I have 
pulled this apart so many times. I'm now going to read it for you. I'm sorry to everyone listening, but it makes me so happy. A little bit of a trigger warning. There is some non-consexual sex happening, but what is happening is so ridiculously bonkers. You just have to, to deal it. All right. I've always despised your bright smile, Naruto. I've always known that there has to be a shadow where there's light, and I'm the shadow of your smile. Sasuke hissed, beads of sweat forming on his brow as he plowed the weaker boy. I've always wanted to see you broken, always dreamt of breaking you, Naruto, of taking you and making you mine, turning you into my plaything. If I can't beat you, how can I beat my brother? I must destroy you thoroughly, Naruto, like he did to me. I must dissolve you, hurt you, break you, turn you into my little whore. His breath became erratic. Sasuke began foaming at his mouth as he felt himself nearing climax. So I'm gonna pass I'm gonna pass on a little gift my brother gave to me, Uzumaki whore. And this gift is meant for you and you alone. It is a curse I've saved especially for you, and I'll make sure you never give it to anyone else. My last what requiem. Sasuke plunged himself entirely into Naruto and reached his peak. His hot seed flowed deep into the blonde, fast and hard causing his tan body to tremble and dragging a shriek from his parched throat. Sasuke beat his hips against Naruto and insane light in his eyes. Receive my AIDS! Aww. Wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> oh no. No. <laughs> it's no. so bad. Dude, we gotta put like a content warning at the beginning like <laughs> this is like what the fuck <laughs> i will put a content warning at the beginning yeah, of the description episode. will tell say uh, no parents allowed <laughs> <laughs> yeah jesus christ that took a what? dark turn it was dark to start with and then just went darker i mean if you read up above it's it's dark like that leading up to it but i have combed over that passage so many times it brings me so much joy because it is so bonkers there's so many levels to it i actually um followed a tumblr like that posted not just bad smut but it was usually bad smut but yeah posted bad fan fiction um and it was sometimes absolutely hilarious and things like that that are just alarming that you're just like what who would have thought that and thought like yeah i'm gonna share this other people will want to read this (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot of genuine sharing well one of the things that i actually had the the distinct privilege of going to and i will try to find for the show notes who hosted it um but when i went to fanime last year a friend of mine and i went to, the one panel we went to was a how to write smut fan fiction and the woman who Is that hosted, what they called it was that their preferred term i don't remember but it was explicitly for writing yeah you knew what you were there for yeah there was no hiding it and the woman that wrote it put together a pretty decent packet that really focused on proper anatomy for both men and women the actual like sequence of events in sex because i think that's confusing to a lot of inexperienced writers sometimes uh and then of course had to touch on some of the other strange things that happen in fantasy and fan fiction sex writing animals tentacles oh okay like the reality Uh, of it how it would work or just how to improve your Yes. Well, there wasn't a lot of talk of improving writing. It was less of a workshop and more of a lecture. But yeah, how to some of the realities that you would face 
Well, yeah, and this kind of realism also, I mean, honestly, as an adult person reading fan fiction, sometimes the lack of realism, yeah. it's not like they're trying to be too real and like gritty. It's like they literally, or not even gritty, but like down to earth. It's literally like they can't, they don't know what a, like a vagina is or yeah. something like that. And so what they write, like, it's like the hymen, or I don't know, it's like a giant, like literal cherry that bursts or something. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like stuff that's like, that's, that doesn't happen. I would say she included pictures of different what different hymens might look like because oh, everyone's hymen is different. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, when this thing is like out there and everyone can get to it, and it's a lot of people's, I think, first interaction with with sexuality and pornography. Or I know I, I keep coming to it from a porn angle, but sometimes it is. Yeah, learning those things wrong first is is probably pretty hurtful. hurtful yeah, I mean, harmful, harmful. yeah, porn in and of itself can be harmful. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that's not any better. Probably. Certainly. No. Yeah, I don't think I learned anything from, I don't think the things that I learned wrong from fan fiction smut, I would have learned better from porn. At least there's yeah. nuance, it seems like, in, in fan fiction smut more than might be crazy nuance, but there's still a little bit of it. Hello, yeah. At least you get, like, insight into the person's, like, feelings. I saw uh, one last night, I was looking at it, and there's a lot, 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 a lot about just the actor Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> and they're of course they're filthy and the one a lot of the ones that i saw that were really popular they were about timothy and you and the other character in the thing was just you the whole time like there it was oh like yeah the second one person. direction fan fiction yeah one direction and you <laughs> yeah so like you're it was, the reader it, and truly the thing was like half the story was like just waking up with timothy on like a saturday morning and like you made breakfast with him and then it ended with sex at the end, but it really was just like the whole time, like then Timothy and you do this and then he does this to you. I thought that was a really interesting way to be like, we all know what this is for. <laughs> you know, like I know nobody's trying to lie about it with smut. That's the point of it. But I thought that was a fun way to, to make it more like strangely interactive, especially with a person like Timothy, who people are like romantically. It's like the VR of fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's called reader. Insert. Uh, fan fiction when you have the reader insert meaning the person who's reading it is like inserted into the story through saying you that's fun i mean it seems easy way to you know engage with your reader well and i think touching on that a little bit even outside of the second person writing i think i noticed in smut fan fiction even back in the day that there was more of an emphasis on to people and reciprocation unlike what you see a lot in porn which is just waiting for the money shot waiting for the male to ejaculate inside on wherever where there is a lot of you know you know women orgasming albeit not realistically but an attempt is made i'll take it that was a lot of the timothy stuff if that's a big surprise to you that most timothy Chalamet erotica is about him giving to the the woman in the story just like he gives to that peach there definitely has to be one where because he's so slight he like has to have gone inside the woman right <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that exists honestly go look at the borrowers oh yeah just a little John Goodman up inside you he's in dear the, god he was in <laughs> I'm sure that if you look up like I don't know, there's got to be some fan fiction using the technology from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm there's sure. There's a lot of giantist stuff, too. I think that's becoming more popular, I've seen. Yeah. Well, and the fan fiction doesn't even touch on 
the other kind of just fantasy erotica that's out there. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it, it can. There is a lot of overlap, but so that's so that would be the the distinction between a fan fiction erotica and just regular erotica is that it's it's using a different intellectual property. Yeah, so that's fan fiction. I guess that's a dumb thing to say, but you know, a lot of these lines seem pretty seem pretty uh, transient sometimes. Well, and you can write a you, know, you could write a tentacle smut story using someone else's intellectual property or you could not and if you use someone else's property that's what makes it fan fiction well yeah you could write one about the twilight characters and then take their names out of it and make it a different book yeah (laughs) bingo bango well you talked about in that after that going to that seminar that there was you say there was some issues with question and answers i know there always is going to be when you're at a a panel because questions and answers are more like sharing about myself right so it was it was very interesting because as funny as you think going to a, a, a smut fan fiction panel is going to be there there is you run the risk that you're going to learn something about a stranger that you never wanted to know and i think it was really troubling to see this one person that i'm going to make the assumption is a cisgendered heterosexual white man and he talked about, he spent a long time beating around the bush with this question, but was trying to get to the idea that it is, because there was a lot of talk about consent and writing consent and exploring non-consent in a way that's not off-putting. And what it kind of came out as is he was basically asking for permission from the panel host to write non-consensual sex, which luckily she handled it about as well as anybody could after someone takes up 10 minutes of your time trying to get out a question of, is it okay for me to write about rape? Which is that she can't give him permission. He can write what he wants. If he's comfortable putting that out there, she can't tell him it's good or bad. It was very interesting to observe someone trying to seek approval for wanting to write something like that, as if it's something that would somehow make what they're writing about more palatable yeah or like if they get approval suddenly it's not bad anymore like oh okay so all these concerns i have I think i'm writing about rape maybe if this woman on this panel says it's okay i've been right. cleared i've been absolved yeah and the the situation that i think he was trying to write about it sounded like it was meant to be a couple it was it was very he did not make it very clear but it seemed to be that like a couple, it would be like waking up in the morning to someone having sex with you. Yeah. And they, someone inferred that they were a couple, but then someone inferred that they might not be. They might just be like sharing a bed. So it was all sorts of red flaggy and very, very, very strange to to be witness to. See, and that's actually a running issue within fan fiction since we you brought that up and I mentioned that now. Um, fan fiction, uh, smut fan fiction is rife with non-con, non-consexual rape fan fiction. Right. It's a, it's an epidemic maybe even, um, people in the fandom communities, like all over the internet are always discussing that, like, how is there so much of this? Um, I wouldn't say it's the majority of fanfic by a long shot, but it's, there's enough of it for it to be like something people have to talk about. Like, why is there so much of this? Why can't people just write about consent? Like, why do people have to make it weird? And I don't know. So it's very interesting to me that in a in a panel where they actually address that particular issue, he would be seeking approval. I was about to say, and there was a little bit of the 
the person asking the question just try to monopolize as much time as he could in asking questions because it took it was an hour panel and he probably spent between 10 and 15 minutes it was a panel at a convention yeah yeah asking the question but my friend and i posed the question about writing about consent because i think that is an interesting thing to talk about i think that especially in today's day and age when we talk about you know, yes means yes like an affirmative excited yes means yes that when you're writing that isn't necessarily easy to portray you can try as best you can to say it with body language you can try as best you can to actually write it out but all you have is the letters on the page and punctuation and people can take that in every different way and our question was does that make it more important to write about or more important to disclaimer away because a lot of things i've seen lately are the disclaimer at the beginning of all characters in this fic are you know 18 plus adults and consent to it and then they just don't talk about consent in the the story oh, i see you know they've they've told you at the beginning that everything is okay see and i actually don't buy that that's an issue i don't either fanfic that i've read like you're responsible for what you write and if what you write if the words alone in your story don't convey consent that's you're responsible for that and so whether or not you're okay with it is your issue like like that panelist said like no one can give you the okay or tell you no but you're responsible for what you wrote right yeah it really does it's it sounds like seeking i don't know absolution so that you don't have to feel guilty and it's like man you you're still responsible for what you're doing especially when it's fan fiction where he could just put it out and not not interact with any of the repercussions so it's weird that he brought it up at all yeah Mm -hmm. no it it's but i think there there's so many levels to what was going on in that panel. And I think there's always going to be something really gross about, you know, male writer asking, you know, a female panelist, if it's going to be okay with her, that's a weird, that's trying to create a weird power dynamic that is just gross. Yeah. And already I don't like that, but. Well, those things are so hard to write in the first place and do right. And I don't mean rape stories. I just mean anything that's dealing with a lived thing that you maybe not lived you know other people have it's like my issue going into eighth grade which was i was like the movie eighth grade was like bo burnham's not an eighth grade girl and you know and so the whole time watching the movie i'm like what is he gonna do what is he gonna do he he somehow does it somehow sticks that landing but i think a lot of that is also him doing stuff like that where he is constantly checking in with people going like what's going on here is this is this what am i doing here you know right um so I, in, in that sense i think the guy was maybe coming from a good place but just did not have the sense or language or self-awareness to pull that off at all (laughs) right well and i guess what you're saying jesse if he were coming from that place of just wanting to understand like how do i approach this what would your perspective be that would actually be brilliant if that's really where he came from i i mean i I don't know if I'd give him as much benefit of doubt as you gave him, but yeah, no, I because then he wouldn't be writing a non-con story in the first place, probably. Mm. Right. Yeah. Or if he were, it would be dealing with the trauma of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, but even if you're you want to deal with the trauma of rape, most people don't want to expose someone, be it a reader, yeah, you know, or even themselves as a writer, to the actual traumatic event happening. You can help to move past that without showing a rape scene. And if it's therapeutic for the writer, he's not bringing it up. Right. The convention panel. That's a good point as well. <laughs> yeah. 
But I do think it's interesting. I think there there should be a lot more conversations about what consent needs to look like in writing. I think there's been a lot more too. I think that that's that's changing. Well, I think that's the thing. I think it's changing in the circles that see the light of day. Yeah. I think within the fan fiction community, you can hide, you well, you hide behind whatever screen name you have. You hide behind your computer and you don't necessarily have to talk about things that make people uncomfortable. Yeah. Or you can just put out things that make people uncomfortable and not have to answer for it. Well, and then, you know, the whole point of fan fiction and, and these sorts of things seems like there's a little bit of, I know there's a lot of attachment to characters, attachment to stories, attachment to that, but there's also a lot of fantasy projection of, you know, I love this world. What would it be like if I had something to say with it or I was in it? So there is a place, I think, to rework your own traumas, but also rework like what a world of mutual consent would look like and how that might function, even if it's through, you know, Mega Man and Bobber Man fucking, you know, like <laughs> it's weird. But like if that, if that's the tools you need, those are the tools you need, you know. So that's another thing that ends up coming up quite a bit that... A lot of the times in fan fiction, the age of characters, of the characters being used is questionable. There's a lot of instances where the age of the writers is questionable. And I'm not talking necessarily just in like, oh, well, if you're under 18, you're clearly writing like you're, you've never, (laughs) you've never seen the printed, the printed word before. I'm not making that accusation. But as someone that was less than 18 reading 18 plus fan fiction, there's a lot out there that is being absorbed and we're not quite sure who's putting it out there and who's absorbing it. Well, and skill level can be different at any age. It can be really brilliant 14-year-olds. And so it's not the skill level that's the issue. It's more like, do I really want to read the sexual fantasy that this like 15-year-old kid wrote? Like that is actually very uncomfortable for me Yeah. for obvious reasons. I want to avoid that as much as possible. Um, but with the internet, obviously, anonymity, I hate that fucking word, um, makes it really difficult. I don't know. Yeah, that there's that element of it that I'm really, like, kind of disturbed by. Yeah. Well, and then I, because, and I mentioned this last week, like, I like a lot of, like, Riverdale fan fiction, or I've been trying to like Riverdale fan fiction. It doesn't always work. There's a lot of, when you get past some of the more, like, standard pairings, when you try, when they try to pair some of the kids with some of the parents, you know, they're not shy that this is a, you know, 16-year-old trying to have sex with a 40-year-old. Well, then that has the added... Oh, Jesus, yeah, there's that. That has the added difficulty, too, of its 16-year-old characters played by 24-year-olds trying to fuck adults who are played by 38-year-olds, you know? like Right. There's that. That's actually a very big issue in high school TV dramas. Oh my god, so many fucking nearly 30-year-old people pretending to be 16. Jesus Christ. But then if you watch a show, though, if you watch a show where they have a 15-year-old playing a 15-year-old, you're like, what is happening? I don't want to watch this. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and no, then it really hits you that you're watching a high school drama. A little weird. <laughs> they have, yeah, they have yeah. acne. They can't really pull some things off that other you know, actors can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their arms are both different lengths and they can't breathe through their noses yet. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what puberty is. is you, you're not open up <laughs> yeah your your jaw is just a little more swollen your teeth aren't perpetually clenched together anymore i think it might be a time to switch uh gears really quickly and talk for a second about what we talked about last week and that is choosing the subject of our own fan fiction whoa fan fiction. 
choosing That's the subjects right. of our own fan fiction. Say it again. I said fond fiction, like I'm baby Newworth or something. <laughs> um, so I thought what we might do is we came with a few uh, fandom lists of things we wouldn't mind talking about. That way we wouldn't make the other person talk about something they have no experience with. Either that or Jen would be writing about Garfield and I would be writing about Heathcliff. And that's just no fun for anybody. Absolutely not. You know? so. Yeah, nope. So then I thought what we would do is we'd share those and then uh, one of us would, would force the fandom, would pick the fandom or maybe the group of fandoms. We want to do a crossover and then we would other, the other person could choose the, the trope, or so to speak. The, the style. Of- yeah. And you guys will have to help me with those a little bit, but Jen made a cheat sheet for us, so cheat sheet. So then, Jesse, why don't you go first? Why don't you share your? Mine are your really fandoms? good though, so I don't know if you guys want me to go first. Oh, set the set the bar. Okay, so it's hard to get down to four. So I have four. So the first one is Popeye the Sailor Man. <laughs> God, naturally. Okay, keep going. Number two is the movie I Tanya. Oh, you took a serious one. Did he? That's not a serious one, Jen. I mean. I mean, it's not del- It's not like a deliberately funny... It's a very funny movie. Have you not seen that one? <laughs> that one's so good. My third one is uh, I... HQ Trivia. <laughs> and then my fourth one is... Uh, Jeopardy on your list. Is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh. I thought about four things I like. <laughs> so I think Jen is going to pick the type of fanfiction, and I'm going to pick your fandoms. I am going to hard pass on AOC. I do not want you to do anything. Think about the dance scenes I could write. I'm surprised you didn't choose Riverdale or something, Jesse. Come on. Too obvious. something to work with. Too obvious. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you should go with... I want to see the HQ one. <sighs> the HQ one? I could write about HQ. Jen, you know yeah. HQ? I actually don't. No. It's the live mobile game show. So it's some, some app that doesn't work on my phone where they play... Uh, just pub trivia three times a day or whatever, and 18-year-olds and 16-year-olds win money. And we play it, and, you know, they they split up 10 grand between 400,000 people, and you end up winning 10 cents. I'm up to winning a dollar thirteen, so no. we're making big buckaroos now. But they have, like, a few get. They have a few hosts, so they always have Sky Rogowski, Matt something. Matt Richards. Uh, uh, the HQ words girl whose name I'm blank on, uh, Anna Roisman. And they all have their like inside jokes and stuff. And I didn't find any HQ fan fiction when I was looking up, looking it up online. That's why I wrote it down. All right. Jesse, I think you need to, I think you need to bring this out into the world, create fanfic for that. But now suddenly choosing the trope for you, that would be appropriate <laughs> becomes much more challenging. Um, Cause uh, originally I thought it'd be really funny to do. I was serious about doing a retelling of, Pride and Prejudice. Thought that would be absolutely hilarious. Oh, but I think you could still do it. <laughs> There's that, or I could I could go with one easier. Do some angst. Write an angst fic where you include depressing song lyrics. What now? What does that mean? Past the song lyrics. Angst. It's about sad. exploring the the depths of your pain. Oh, okay, that's easy. Yeah, enough. explore the depths of your pain with HQ trivia, Jesse. Kind of what I want. <laughs> I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> So, Jed, do you want to bring yours or do you want me to do mine? I'll, I'll go ahead and just say mine now. Um, okay. So, I have two OTPs or two series. So, okay. my OTPs would be uh, Regina Mills and Emma Swan from Once Upon a Time. Ah, that's a Which good one. The Evil Queen and the Girl from the House. 
Which girl from House? Blonde one. <laughs> the blonde one. Okay, I watched the show, so you just gotta tell me more what they look like. Just the blonde and the brunette. Yeah. yeah. Are they related? No. No, they no, they're sh- not. They they share custody they share of a child. child. Oh, so they're just right. they're gay moms. They're so good. Oh, okay. Um, okay. absolutely love them. Although I actually, I'm just gonna overshare. I also ship Emma with her actual canon husband in the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's charming. No. No. Who does she marry? Prince Charming's her dad. Yeah, Prince Charming's her dad. Does he marry? She marries the guy with the little mustache. From, yeah, pirate. Uh, Captain Hook. Captain Hook, really? Yeah. Yeah. Not the guy with the little mustache from uh, from Terriers, that TV show that was on for half a season. You don't remember that? Doesn't matter. Uh, we would also used to. Re- my friend and I used to refer to him as Bone Town. Oh, oh um, that's yeah. a good nickname for. When we would watch the show, we would just shout Bone Town at the screen. We were twenty five. <laughs> hey i am 28 right now talking about this stuff um all right so my next would be um a controversial one that i thought would be funny to write star wars which is ray and kylo ren that's not controversial the only thing that's controversial about that is that it's not kylo and hux and i gotta veto that because <laughs> i already wrote it about two months ago did you for real see and i really do actually should we reveal, like this, or should we reveal this on a later episode i we talked about it in a couple episodes ago, I wrote oh, a Star right. Wars is Born. He wrote a Star Wars is Born, where he wrote a Star is Born using Ray and Kylo and wrote lyrics to some of the songs. Oh, yeah, I wrote some song lyrics. That's actually brilliant. So I will not be writing Raylo fan fiction because apparently you do it. All right, my next two, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, because I love it. It's good. It's easy. We got some do you teen mean drama. The Netflix one or Archie Comics or... Michelle. Um, uh, oh, I definitely mean the Netflix one. Oh, okay. Sabrina. I'm just saying the full name. Yeah. Well, I just had to specify. Yeah. There's so many different versions of that now. Yeah. So Sabrina would be a real easy one for me. Um, another one I thought could be a fun introduction into non-Western stuff. God, I'm such an idiot. I have so many Asian <laughs> shows I watch. Uh, Meteor Garden. So Meteor Garden is a retelling of a very, it's like a Netflix original series. They did a retelling of um, a really popular Japanese and Korean story um, about like four really popular dudes at school. And then they're rich. And then the poor girl falls in love with the rich boy. And the rich boy. Was that the one that you were blowing up your Instagram? Definitely the one I was posting about on Instagram. Yes. (laughs) Um, you so did almost I just like, convince me with like cool guy crew. I'm like, I do like the cool. This. It's just so fucking dumb. It's so funny. The cool guy crew thing is so <laughs> dumb. It's literally the plastics for mean girls, but they're like boys in Korea. It's great. Um, That's amazing. Anyway, so that'd be a lot of fun to write that. Um, anyway, so those are my four that I have. Okay. Jesse, pick her fandom. I think she should do Sabrina. That seems easy. We've talked about it a lot. It seems pretty fitting for, for this exercise. And I think you should do a crossover with the Melissa Joan Hart Sabrina. Ooh, I like that a lot. <laughs> That's fun. So my my three to four, my I had, of course, because I've been talking about it so much, I have to go with Riverdale, so love me some Riverdale. Uh, the other one I thought of is a game that is near and dear to my heart at the moment. Tetris. Near and dear to Jen's heart at the moment. And I was going to say, <laughs> love Nikki. Oh, yes. Love Nikki, dress up queen. I would say outside of that, 
I'm always down if anyone wants to assign me to write some Anne Rice Vampire Chronicles fan fiction. Mm -hmm. That's always pretty up there on my list. And then probably for my, my fourth one, a little unconventional for me because I didn't watch it until this year, but or last year technically, but Gilmore Girls. Oh, the Gigi's. I had that written down on mine too, and I, I crossed it off. So Jen is going to pick my fandom, and Jesse's going to pick my the type of fiction I write. So Jesse, you go ahead and pick the type of of fanfic because that you will guide my decision here. I like Jen's idea, and nobody picked it, so I want to run with the the retelling of Pride and Prejudice. Okay. <laughs> All right. I thought so, that was a spirited plan, and it, and nobody used it yet. Okay. Okay, retelling of Pride and Prejudice. Well, see, I wanted to pick Love, Nikki, but I'm glad you chose that, because I don't think Love, Nikki retold as Pride and Prejudice is what I want. Does that show what are you have, talking does that about? Game have characters? Oh. Of course it does. Oh, I actually I, just hit a major moment in the storyline, and I was going to actually text you about it, Leah. Oh. Anyways, you, we'll get to it. Did you get it. to chapter 16, or 15, I think it is? Yeah, something happened with Lunar. I'm pretty upset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's an RPG. It's an RPG dress-up game. Oh, we could have um, all done apps. Like I could have done HQ, and Leah could have done Nico Atsumi or something. <laughs> that would have been so funny. Um, actually, yeah. Just go ahead and do Pride and Prejudice of Love Nikki. We're, we're okay. there now. We're doing it. Oh, we're there. <laughs> oh, who's Momo? Sold be? in the room. <laughs> All right, so that's going to be our writing challenge. So next week we'll have a regular episode and we will share excerpts from our fan fiction challenge the last week of February. Yeah, at least something little. Just yeah, something just little. little. No pressure, honestly. Like, just a little from Lil Jen. No requirement to be particularly funny. No requirement to be particularly, uh, I don't know, sexy. deep. Sexy. Except yeah. for Jesse. Jesse's has to be very deep. Very emotional, very insightful. That's true. It's angst. Oh, and just so we're clear, listeners, whoever you are out there, um, listener, these are not necessarily smut. Just so we're clear, these are just general fan fiction stories. Yes. <laughs> if it comes up, it comes up. But yeah, we're not forcing it. No, we're not forcing it. Uh, so I think you know before we leave, then we should go out on uh, what's making us sweat this week. Jen, why don't you start? Oh God, me starting again. All right, back to Asia. <laughs> All right, so I actually finished another television series, miniseries, fucking brilliant. It was a Net another Netflix original from Korea called Hymn of Death. It is Ooh. the true story, oh my God, true story, fucking blew my mind, of a, like a, a Korean writer in the 1920s or 30s and uh, the girl he fell in love with. He's already married. He's a writer and he like owns a business. His family doesn't approve of him writing. And he's in love with um, the first soprano singer in Korea. She's like oh. in Japan. She's all, like hella famous. She like, anyway, spoiler fucking alert. Um, they fucking commit couple suicide. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Is it a documentary? Is there the, is it a dramatic? Well, no, it's not a documentary. It's totally it's dramatic. And there's lots story. of like, based on true story. Lots of stuff okay. happen, happens in it that I'm sure is not real at all. But. Um, I didn't know this. This is like a famous story in Korea and in Japan. I didn't fucking know what was going to happen. I was fucking, oh my God, blindsided. It sucked. It just blew my fucking mind. And anyway, it was very good and emotional and uh, kind of, uh, you also just see a lot of stuff about Korea that you wouldn't have normally seen. Like, I don't know, like Japan is currently occupying Korea in the series. 
Oh, it's like a it's it's like a period piece, or it's taking yes, place yeah. during a certain time. Taking place in like the nineteen nineteen uh, twenties or thirties. Less Ooh. caution. So Jesse, what's making you sweat? So I'm going to go with another Netflix show as well, and that is One Day at a Time. <laughs> uh, it's the remake uh, of the the sitcom One Day at a Time. It stars some actors whose name I don't remember and Rita Marino. The basic plot is a family, a single single mom and her family are trying to make it through everyday life. They live with their older mother and they have a a groundskeeper that hits on them all the time. But unlike the original one where that was kind of the beginning and the end of it all, uh, the family is Cuban. The mom is Rita Marino and there's a lot of fun things going on. It tries sometimes, I think, sometimes more successfully than others to talk about things going on in the real world. One of the characters, she came out of the closet. She's dating a trans woman. No, she's dating a non-binary person, sorry. And they there's a whole episode where they discuss what they're going to call them because they can't call, a, she's not going to call her her girlfriend. So they spend a whole episode trying to figure out what to call each other. Spoiler alert, the non-binary character goes by the name Sid. So originally they were going to go with significant other, but instead went with significant other. And it was... So very cute. There's also just a lot of crying family moments. It's very funny. It's very sweet. I like it. It's just kind of a straightforward sitcom, which I don't think we have a lot of anymore. There's nobody that's like adorkable on it. There's not Big Bang Theory stuff, and it's it's pretty good. So that's that's what's making me sweat this this week. So I called my shot last week, and I'm sweating it hard, but I am fully into Kingdom Hearts 3 right now. <laughs> Jesse got us a PlayStation 4 and he got me Kingdom Hearts 3 as my early Valentine's Day present. All right, I, y'all, we got to add each other on PS4. Yes, oh, yes, PS4, yes. Yeah. And I am fully living my best Disney Pixar Final <laughs> Fantasy bullshit life with the the hands on their hips. Got to solve the mystery. I am living I'm also sweating it because I learned that if while I'm playing video games, if I sit, the cat will crawl into my lap, and she normally doesn't She's do that. She's a grumpy cat. She doesn't do that. But she does now. But yeah, that's what's making me sweat. Sora, Donald, and Goofy. <laughs> Three ways. Oh, man, that would have been a real good fandom to write fanfic. <laughs> oh, there's, some, oh. there's some real good stuff out there. That has to be one of the more popular ones. Oh, yeah. Sora. I would say Kingdom Hearts is, is kind of a... As fun as that is to read fan fiction of, because it is so the whole like fucking thing is fan fiction. Well, yeah, the whole fucking thing is fan fiction. <laughs> That's but because, very true. Because there's a lot of like sleeping, dreaming, yeah. dark. It goes real dark, real quick. If you go, oh, okay. No, no, no. In in ways that are uncomfortable oh. in fan fiction. So a lot of doing things to Sora while he's sleeping. Let's not slow Joey. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I think that's a pretty solid. I think we know all there is to know about smut fiction. Now. We really banged it out this week. Our parents <laughs> can listen again next week. We really went balls deep into this topic. <laughs> with that, I think we should say goodbye on another episode of The Right Sweats. Follow us on Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I, iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and WordPress, I guess. And with that, I do say adieu. Adieu. Bless you. Gotcha. <laughs>
Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Fucking bye. We're hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go away, Craig.